This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's Friday, March 10th. Can Congress make railways safer? They think they can. They think they can. We start here. As the CEO of Norfolk Southern pulls into Washington, another one of his trains runs off the rails. Norfolk Southern will clean the site safely, thoroughly, and with urgency. But is this just another year? We'll talk to the former head of the NTSB. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is rushed to the hospital. He was at dinner. He tripped. What it means is President Biden embarks on a new budget fight. And if it feels like you have to watch all the Oscars movies everywhere all at once. If there's any kind of front runner, it is that film. The Academy says this year's awards show will slap for all the right reasons. From ABC News, this is Start Here. I'm Brad Milkey. When a Norfolk Southern freight train carrying millions of gallons of toxic chemicals derailed in Ohio this year, creating a disaster zone, it sparked new concerns about the safety of rail travel in this country. So suddenly, when another Norfolk Southern train went off the rails in Ohio, there was a lot of scrutiny that normally would not be there. It's tempting to say, you know, there are unpredictable accidents all the time. But with all that scrutiny, you might expect to see fewer accidents in the short term, more conservative practices, heightened safety checks. And yet, in the last couple days, train cars belonging to the freight company CSX slid off the tracks in West Virginia, spilling diesel fuel into a river. And yesterday, a Norfolk Southern train, yes, that Norfolk Southern, derailed in Alabama. Norfolk Southern will clean the site safely, thoroughly, and with urgency. You have my personal commitment. That happened right as the CEO of Norfolk Southern was preparing to testify in front of Congress. So what is going on right now in the freight train industry? I'm going to start the day with Jim Hall, former chairman of the NTSB. Jim, I've been wondering more and more with every passing day, is this unusual what we are seeing right now in terms of derailments? Well, I am an unusual guest because I've been involved in transportation safety for over three decades. And I have seen this over and over again. So it's not unusual to me. It uh, happens often, uh, particularly with derailments in the railroad industry. It's unnecessary and unfortunate, but it's a lack of government oversight over an extended period of time uh, that has allowed the environment for this, these situations to occur. We must work together with our colleagues on other relevant House and Senate committees to strengthen our nation's rail safety regulations, ensure compliance with them, and prevent future incidents like this one from happening again. You would think if we put our most dangerous goods and encourage people to not ship the goods on the highways, but put them on the rails, because that's going to be a safer way, that the government would be very active in oversight of transportation safety, particularly as it pertains to hazardous materials, because they're going through almost every local community in the United States. Well, and the numbers I'm seeing in recent years are more than a thousand derailments a year. That's three per day. What is the cause of of when we're talking about that many derailments? 
essentially what's happened in the railroad industry is that uh, the cars have, have gotten heavier. Trains have gotten much longer. The train in the uh, accident in Ohio was two miles long. The preliminary report found that the Norfolk Southern crew was operating the train below the speed limit and in an approved manner. Yet it is clear the safety mechanisms in place were not enough. I always looked at it this way. The railroads have one job, and that's to keep the train on the track. And usually when the train has a problem and it, it derails, it is a, a failure of the safety system in terms of regulation and oversight. A number of issues in which we're implementing immediately to improve safety, including installing more wayside detectors. If you noticed the in the, the hearing, uh, Norfolk Southern was talking about adding more technology. Uh, well, you know, that begs the question, why wasn't the technology there before? And the answer is because the government did not have good regulatory oversight of the rail of Norfolk Southern or the railroad system in the United States. How much control do rail companies have over their own safety measures? Too much. <laughs> That's the whole point here. Their safety is the responsibility of the elected officials. Do we do the bidding of a massive industry that is in bed with big government, or do we do the bidding of the people who elected us to the Senate and to the Congress in the first place? Congress had this hearing, and the hearing was focusing on the culture of the Norfolk Southern's safety. Well, that culture is dictated by the regula regulations written by Congress and the regulatory oversight and the Congress itself is the one who funds these oversight agencies and writes the regulations for the railroads. Oh, you're, so you're saying when Congress is saying, hey, you guys should do more, you're saying, well, Congress, you guys could do more. Well, what Congress needs to do is hold up the mirror to their own face because they're the problem. It's our responsibility in Congress to answer, one, what went wrong, two, what do we need to do to fix it, what do we need to do to make sure it never happens again? The skies, of course, are uh, governed by the federal government. Mm. Most of the time you get on the highway, it's the local, state, or federal highway, which is funded primarily by the federal government. In the rail system, the land that the rails are on and all of the property is owned by the railroads. We are getting sick. We need our people out of there now. This can't wait until the railroad gets fine. We can't wait for anything else to happen. Someone the average citizen is much more concerned about being at 30,000 feet mm -hmm. than they are about hazardous materials going through their local communities. As a result, uh, we have an aviation system that, starting with Orville and Wilbur Wright, has investigated every fatal aviation accident made changes in the system to where you get on a plane knowing that there hasn't been a commercial aviation accident uh, fatality in the United States for, uh, for over a year. In the rail area, you have too many parties involved. You have a fractured safety system. Uh, very soon, the railroads are going to be wanting to come in and go to one engineer 
uh, on the way to probably no engineers. Oh, that's your prediction. That sort of the, the, the plan is to automate these even more, not less. Right. And uh, people are being replaced by technology, and there's no redundancy in a lot of technology. And uh, in aviation, we built a safe system on redundancy so that if there is, a, there is not a single point failure. The problem that we saw in the Ohio accident is you had three <laughs> warnings that the wheels and the, had overheated and the train needed to be stopped. But, uh, and the investigation will reveal why that wasn't done. If we can have no commercial accidents in aviation, we should expect the same of a much simpler system which is to keep the train on the tracks. That's the main job of the railroads. All right, that is Jim Hall, formerly of the NTSB. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you. Next up on Start Here, he's carried his party on his back in Congress, but he collapsed at a dinner event this week. The condition of Mitch McConnell when we come back. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there should be no compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor, you know the type, like I've had this person before, that doesn't actually listen to you or who seems just in a rush to end your appointment that you spent months making. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you got more options than you know. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. Go to ZocDoc.com slash start here and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash start here. ZocDoc.com slash start here. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever wondered what you would do with an extra hour in your day? I think about this all the time. I'm like, I would be so productive. I'd exercise more or I'd read a book or I'd take a nap, like restore myself. We often find ourselves yearning for these extra hours, but the real question is, what would you do if you were making yourself a priority? Well, how about therapy? It can help you discover what's important so you can make the most of your time. If you've ever benefited from therapy, you know how transformative it can be. It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Therapy empowers you to learn positive coping skills, set boundaries, and become the best version of yourself. If you're considering starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and tailored to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. And here's the beauty of it. You can switch therapists if you're not finding the right fit. No additional charge. Take the first step. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash start here today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash start here. President Biden unveiled his proposed budget yesterday, which is always a big deal, but in the way the State of the Union address is a big deal. It tells you what the White House wants to focus on, what its priorities are, but if you don't control Congress, it might as well be a wish list to Santa. You are at someone else's mercy. Now, the thing that might have actually affected Congress the most yesterday was the news that one of its most powerful Republicans, Mitch McConnell, had a really scary injury. My thoughts this morning are with my good friend, Leader Mitch McConnell, 
who is recovering from in the hospital after an accident last night. Let's go to ABC senior congressional correspondent Rachel Scott at the Senate right now. Rachel, Mitch McConnell's the Senate minority leader. What happened to him and, and is he OK? Well, Brad, look, big picture, we are told that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is expected to be okay. A few nights ago, I was told that he was at dinner. He tripped while at that D.C. hotel. He was admitted to the hospital where he is being treated for a concussion. But look, this really did send shockwaves through Capitol Hill. At first, there was very little information about Leader McConnell's condition or just how long he was expected to remain in the hospital. I don't really know what happened other than what the public reports are. I would certainly wish... uh... Senator McConnell's speedy recovery. Republican senators were briefed by members of McConnell's team. And leaving that briefing, they were very optimistic that McConnell would make a full recovery. Uh, Some even joked that he's probably frustrated sitting in the hospital bed, likely watching C-SPAN. But we were told that he is awake, that he is alert, that he is talking, and everyone is sending him well wishes, Brad. It did kind of highlight, though, Rachel, how powerful. All of a sudden, you look at sort of Republicans in Congress and you go, oh, wow, like, He's the guy. It's really his vision that has driven so much of the Republican Party over the years. And what would happen if he wasn't up to the job all of a sudden? I mean, when will he be back on the job? Do we know? It's still a big question right now. I mean, Republican senators are optimistic. They are hoping that he will be back by next week. But there's no firm answer on that. But you're right. I mean, it did have a lot of people here on Capitol Hill think about the impact of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Look, he is the longest serving party leader In the Senate's history, he's 81 years old. This is not the first time that he has had an accident like this. He fell in 2019. He fractured his shoulder. He underwent surgery. He was off Capitol Hill for a couple of weeks before returning. But this is twofold here. Obviously, he's in a key position. He's the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate. He is very critical when it comes to negotiating with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. But also at the same time, any absence in a closely divided Senate is going to have some sort of impact. Mm. And right now you have Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell in the hospital. You have Senator Dianne Feinstein, a Democrat. She's recovering from shingles out in California. And then you have Democratic Senator John Fetterman. He is still being treated for clinical depression. So right now the Senate is evenly divided. There are no other absences. And the vice president would have to cast the tie-breaking vote if necessary, Brad. Well, so then assuming he improves... When he's back, he's going to be obviously looking at this budget that President Biden just sent over, the proposed budget. What does this tell us about where Democrats and Republicans are as they try to balance this whole thing? Yeah, well, Brad, I mean, really sort of look at this as sort of a campaign blueprint. I mean, this is exactly what the president wants to run off. Think of it as sort of a a wish list, right? He's proposing tax hikes on wealthy Americans, on big corporations, funding for the military. The White House insists that this would slash $3 trillion in the deficit over a decade. But look, the reality is this has no chance of actually passing in Congress, especially when Republicans have majority in the House. Senator, is the president's budget dead on arrival? Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100 percent. Absolutely. House Republicans have drawn a very clear line in the sand here. They say they want the president to commit to significant spending cuts, and they're willing to use this sort of as leverage over the upcoming debt ceiling fight. That is something the president has called dangerous. We've never defaulted on our debt in the nation's history. And Democrats are very quick to point out that Republicans have yet to release their budget plan. All right. Rachel Scott hustling around the Capitol, as always. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brad. The Academy Awards are this Sunday, and you can almost feel the Academy trying to turn the page from last year, which, of course, will forever be known as the year Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on stage and no one did anything about it in the moment. Oh, wow! 
Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. In fact, there will even be a new look to the pre-show that doesn't quite include a red carpet. If you haven't been keeping track of any of this, never fear. ABC's entertainment correspondent Jason Nathanson is in Hollywood, ready to get us prepped right now. Jason, first off, there will be a carpet, right? Apparently it's just not a red carpet. Correct. There will still be arrivals and the stars and the interviews and all that stuff. But the carpet, for the first time this year, not red. It is champagne. Or if you've seen pictures or talked to some of my colleagues who have seen it, um, flesh-colored, beige. Fancy, fancy beige. Fancy beige. It looks really, I saw it um, on Thursday, it looks really nice in person. I don't know why they actually made the change, but I, I think the stars and their, their stylists will be happy because things pop more on a lighter color than they do on a red color or a black color, which it could have been as well. I see. They've been, maybe they've been lobbying for this from the PR firms for years. Um, can we talk about the slap and just how much that dominated everything we remember about those Oscars from last year? I mean, as a broadcaster, you know, ABC television, the Academy, how do you deal with that considering what, like everyone was just around like watching like an act of unscripted violence in front of it. Like what happens now? It's something they want to move on from and they want to get away from. In the producer's press conference this week, they they were asked about that. They're asked several times, of course. And they said, uh, uh, executive producer Molly McNearney, who's married to host Jimmy Kimmel, mm. uh, she said that they're going to acknowledge it. And then we're going to move on because um, I think that's probably what everyone wants, especially in that room. We don't want to make... Uh, this year about last year. But yeah, it's certainly something that we can can and will address in a comedic fashion. I don't know if that's the case or not. You know, there seems to be some appetite for it. We saw Chris Rock this past weekend with his Netflix special, Reopen the Wound. Will Smith practices selective outrage. And a lot of people were talking about it. So, you know, again, that was last year's show. This year's show, it's a bunch of different people. They want to focus on the winners, the movies, the things that are happening this year, and not so much about last year's controversy. Um, let's talk about the movies themselves, because I, I feel like I've seen almost none of the nominated films. Like, I'm that guy who just, like, wanders in on Sunday night and is like, oh, I wish I had seen any of these. Is there one, Jason, is there one film I should really make it my business to watch or stream before Sunday night? Yeah, if you're going to do something before Sunday night, it's got to be everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm not your husband. I'm another version of all from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, whole time to help you. That is the film that is right now, if there's any kind of front runner, it is that film. It has won all the major precursor awards, the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the Producers Guild Awards, the Critics' Choice. It's just won pretty much everything leading up to it. Uh, and it's it, it has a very strong shot at winning in multiple acting categories, uh, in screenplay, in, in various production categories. So I think we're going to hear that name called a lot. Uh, I think this new generation, which has voted for things like Parasite um, and, and other films, they're going to give everything everywhere all at once. It's due. But... Uh, there seems to be a strong groundswell of support for Top Gun Maverick. Your reputation precedes you. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. Because of the way the preferential ballot system works for the Oscars, and you, you rank your choices, uh, something that is ranked number two on a lot of people's ballots... Actually, oh, a, like I liked this Artie picture, but honestly, I really like Top Gun Maverick, like those people. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And if there's any kind of um, 
split in the number one arty picture, which could be mm. everything everywhere well, all at once. Um, it could be All Quiet on the Western Front, the war movie on Netflix. So those two get a lot of votes, but really the number two, the strong number two on everyone's ballot is Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick has a shot of squeaking in there in the best picture category and maybe in some of the other categories as well. That would be bonkers if just like a summer action film happened to walk away with best picture. And then as for the others, I mean, all the best actor, best actress categories, those usually seem to fall in with the same pictures that are going to nominate for best for best film. Is that the case this year? Um, yes and no. It depends. Uh, for Best Actor, it's very possible that we could see Brendan Fraser win for The Whale, which is not up for Best Picture. I couldn't ask for a more incredible daughter. Are you actually trying to parent me right now? Who would want me to be a part of their life? His performance has been winning a bunch of awards, and there's been a lot of buzz and talk about that. And also, when he has won... You know, this is the guy from Encino Man. He has kind of like a, a second career here, and he was not the Oscar-winning actor, and he's given some really good speeches so far. But believe me, if you just stay in there and you put one foot in front of the other, you'll get to where you need to go. Have courage. And the Oscars want those moments, right? They want those moments where it's really emotional and somebody who has never been nominated before wins for the first time. Those Oscar buzzy moments, that's what they're hoping for. All right, well, I hope you wear something that pops on the champagne-colored carpet. Uh, Jason Nathanson, he will be there on the night. Have fun. Thank you. Sure thing. Take care. All right, one more quick break. When we come back, can you smell what the sports books are cooking? One last thing is next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And one last thing. If you've ever watched professional wrestling, some of the best moments have nothing to do with the ring or with folding chairs. It's the entrances. That was the Royal Rumble back in 2015 when champion Roman Reigns needed a quick assist. The Rock! The Rock! The Rock is in Philly! These are the moments of surprise and delight that shape the whole experience. But of course, to anyone working on that event, this was no surprise. The shows are famously scripted. But that reportedly is not going to stop the WWE from joining the sports betting market. The latest is WWE would like to get on the betting menu at legal sportsbooks. That's Doug Kazarian, who covers sports betting for our partners at ESPN. And he says the gambling world is a buzz about a report from CNBC claiming the WWE is talking to state gambling boards about potentially allowing betting on pro wrestling. That's right. Betting on scripted content. I would think it's the holy grail right now. I mean, I think every company is looking for a space. And right now, the betting space is the one thing that's growing at an astronomical rate. After all, in more and more states, sports betting is legal. If someone throws down a few bucks on a game, they're also more likely to watch that event. But how would this even work? Well, ABC News has not confirmed this reporting, but CNBC's reporting is that the WWE is promising its own performers won't even know 
who's supposed to win that night's match until all bets are locked and loaded. So the limits would probably start on the low end side. The people that know the actual outcome would have to be a very small circle. But could you realistically close that circle? I decided to call up another friend at ESPN. I mean, that's the problem is that everything in the show is scripted. That's Charlie Arnold, who now covers UFC fighting, but she used to be the in-house interviewer for WWE Productions. People have knowledge of the script. We always have an idea of what's going to happen so we can be prepared to do our roles. I'm just curious, how would you describe your first year here on Monday Night Raw? Charlie, just like everyone else, my year had ups, downs. There are producers, there are writers, the ring announcer, there's the guy who rings the bell on the side of the ring. The person who does all the the soundtracks and the tech stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's audio, there's special effects, there's graphics. Yeah, I mean, there's every position you could imagine they have. Doug says there are ways to put the betting public at ease, such as employing a trusted firm that would make sure everything's airtight. Picture what Erston Young does for the Oscars. But the Oscars don't have a history of participants giving away the endings. Wrestling does. They always had problems with things leaking. For example, Royal Rumble, you know, surprise entrance. People would find out ahead of time, even though they weren't supposed to, because people can't keep their mouths shut. Charlie says lots of wrestlers, in attempts to get themselves cemented in the narrative, will back-channel info to websites and rumor mills. So there are lots of reasons it won't work, but there are millions and millions of reasons to make it work. Oddsmakers I've spoken to are, are very encouraged, because... The more things that get legalized, the more overall betting handle, and then that's good business for everyone. After all, if scripted content can be bet upon, and some states people can bet on the Oscars already, what's next? Things that already have a following, like WWE, or some of the other reality shows, American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, and you know, Wait, get, are you get, saying, are you and, saying maybe betting on Dancing with the Stars could be like yeah. a have a Vegas line? Why not? At a moment when sports betting is exploding, this could be yet another game changer because it would open up sports betting to people who don't even like sports. The WWE has declined to comment, and gaming officials in one of the states cited by CNBC, Colorado, said emphatically these bets won't be allowed. But Michigan gaming officials revealed they were approached by a third party about this idea last year. So as Vince McMahon prepares to try to sell the company he turned into an empire, the question is, can he engineer one more stone-cold stunner? If this concept starts getting bigger, you guys, I do not want you betting on start here stories, okay? Eventually, I know somebody's going to challenge me to a cage match. I'm not ready for that. Start Here is produced by Kelly Therese, Jen Newman, Brenda Salinas Baker, Vika Aronson, Iru Ekpenobi, Cameron Chertavian, Anthony Ali, and Tara Gimbel. Ariel Chester is our social media producer. Josh the King Cohan is director of podcast programming. He's a big WWE guy. I'm our managing editor. Laura Mayer is our executive producer. Thanks to Lakia Brown, John Newman, Liz Alessi, and our intern, Amira Williams. Special thanks this week to Chris Berry, Nadine Shubailot, and Kiera Alfonseca. I'm Brad Milkey. See you next week. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.